See, we're going through a series where we're looking at six main purposes that we believe God has given to his church, okay? As we've been going through that, we just hit our, started into the fifth one last week, and that is the idea of fellowship. That's the fifth one there, encouraging one another through fellowship, all right? Now, I'm just going to go ahead and acknowledge that some of you are not going to like me by the time today is over, Okay? Because how have we been going through our study together? Well, what we'll do is we'll take one week where we'll look at what the Bible says about this particular purpose that God's given us out of these five or six that we're seeing. We'll take a look at one passage of Scripture and try to figure out, okay, God, what do you have for us from that? And then what do we do the next time we get together? Something practical, right? Some way to put it into practice. What are we talking about today? Fellowship. So what do you think we're going to get to do? Fellowship. That means before we leave today, some of you are going to get to talk to somebody you don't know. And that is absolutely your favorite thing in the world, okay? We'll get there. I'm going to explain how we're going to do this in just a few minutes. But let's kind of recap what we started looking at with fellowship last week. All right, don't start cheating and get ahead of the game, Jamie. Come on, man. Overachiever, man. That's, that's you guys. You, y'all are just on top of things. So as we're diving in, let's go back over what we looked at a little bit last week. If you've got the notes or the handout, I'd encourage you, by the way, if you didn't grab a handout this morning, you may want one. If not, you're going to want to get a piece of paper out later uh, so that you can write down some notes for yourself about the different prayer requests and different names and contact information and all that kind of stuff, okay? So as we went through last week, we were in Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 and 25. We said that as we look at that, although the word fellowship does not appear in the text anywhere there, we do see that the concept of fellowship is fleshed out there. In fact, we find that there are three main aspects that we can draw out. We said last week that fellowship is partnership, right? So fellowship is the idea of partnering together, of working together towards a common goal or mission. This mission for us is that mission of learning to live like Jesus and lead others to do the same. So the three aspects of fellowship that we drew out of the passage last week were, number one, consider, right? Consider, that was what we talked about. Some translations render that passage, consider one another and how to provoke one another to love and good works. So the idea we talked about last week was we have to actually think of each other. We have to have each other on each other's mind. There should be a time during the week where you think about people you go to church with right? That they should be on your mind. If you go all week without thinking about anybody from church, then you're probably not going to fellowship with them at all. But we said it's more than just thinking because the idea of, of fellowship here is thinking in such a way that I'm thinking about how can I provoke you to love and good works? How can I help you to grow in Christ likeness? What can I do to come alongside you to help you to love Jesus better, to love others better, and to be able to get you to live more like Jesus? How can we do that together? There's a passage in Proverbs that talks about iron sharpening iron. The idea of as we get together, you help me to grow in Christ likeness, and I help you to grow in Christ likeness. So we have to, first of all, think about that. If we're not thinking about it, we're not going to do it, okay? Then there was a second aspect we looked at, and that was the idea of gathering. We do actually have to get together. We've got to talk to each other. We have to be around each other. Now, I get it. My wife is homesick this morning. It's that time of year. Everything's going around. I understand. However, we do need to try to, as we can, prioritize gathering and getting together. 
We've mentioned that some of that needed to be in formal settings, like on a Sunday morning service or in a Sunday school class or in a small group or some kind of ministry event that we have. But that also needs to be in informal times, getting together over coffee, getting together to go play around to golf if that's your thing. I, have ch- I had a, a choice when I kind of started getting into ministry. I could either learn to drink coffee or I could play golf. Um, and I, I, I can find cheaper ways to get angry than playing golf. Uh, it just, that is not my thing, right? So I went with coffee. That's the direction I went. And so for me, you know, I'll, I would love to sit down over a cup of coffee with you. I will gladly watch the bags and sit in the cart if you want to go out to the, the golf course. Um, trust me, you don't want to be within a mile of me trying to play. It's just not good. But we need to find ways to get together, get to do things together. I, one of the best Bible studies I was ever a part of was a group, group of guys who used to go running together. Uh, they, they were all triathletes, so I didn't really run with them, I would leave at the same time that they would leave, and we would end up in the parking lot, but not at the same time. So, but it was a group of guys who shared life together. We gathered together. So find formal and informal ways to do that. Then the third aspect, though, is as we do that, we said fellowship is more than just hanging out. So it's not just about spending time with each other, although that's got to be a part of it. It also is the idea of considering how then can I encourage? What can I do to encourage you in your walk with Christ? How can I help you to grow in Christ-likeness? How can I help you to take that next step? How can I help you to, to really grow? Now, remember, we said last week, sometimes those conversations are going to be uncomfortable. Like I said, the people who love you are the ones that tell you you got something on your teeth, right? So in the same kind of way, those <laughs> that's hilarious for the record. You should have seen how many people just subconsciously went, it was hilarious to watch. I didn't notice that last week when I said that, but it was funny to watch. To, from what I can see, you're all good, okay, just for the record. But sometimes, spiritually, if we love each other and we're fellowshipping with each other, we're going to say, hey, you got something in your teeth. There's something you're doing here that doesn't line up with what God says in his word, and, and man, I want God's best for you. Um, and now that comes out of humility. It doesn't come out of arrogance. It doesn't come out of a holier-than-thou, better-than-you. That's not the attitude. Instead, it's this gentleness, this coming alongside, encouraging one another all the more while we see the day approaching, okay? Now, I'm going to give you a chance in just a few minutes to put this into practice, but I want to look at one other passage before we do that. So if you have your Bible, I'd encourage you to go ahead and open up to 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 8. To give you some background, Thessalonians is written to a church in Thessalonica, uh, which is modern is now Thessaloniki, which is weird to say, but Thessalonica. Um, and while they were in Thessalonica, you find in the book of Acts that uh, Paul and his companions had gone to Thessalonica and they were preaching the gospel. People were starting to respond and, and people were starting to get saved and they were walking with Jesus and persecution came up. The Jewish leaders that were in town didn't like that they were following Jesus. And so they ended up running Paul and his compatriots out of town overnight night. Um, In fact, actually what happens is they kind of go into hiding and over the night uh, they sneak them out of town. But Paul's writing to the church at Thessalonica because some of those teachers are stirring up things. There's some false teachers. And so he's reminding the church there in Thessalonica how he and his compatriots behaved when they were there, how he and his companions acted, how they brought the gospel to them so that they can kind of show a difference between the way that the false teachers are acting and the way that true apostles acted. So where the false teachers were all about greed and all about pride, Paul's making it very clear that those who are truly bringing the gospel, that's not their motivation in any way, shape, or form, because that's not how Paul and them acted when they were there. 
So in the middle of that passage, we're gonna focus on one particular verse. Now it is directed and has special impact for those of us that God has called to serve vocationally in ministry or in some kind of formal, official gospel kind of role. But this is, I think, a great picture for what fellowship looks like for all of us in the body, okay? So let's just read it, and we'll make a few observations quickly. There's not going to be any notes on the screen for this one, so feel free to write them on the side there of your handout, okay? So chapter 2, he's been talking about how gentle they were and how they loved their, their, uh, the Thessalonians in verse 8. We cared so much for you that we were pleased to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also our own lives because you'd become dear to us. Now, this would be something that would be awesome for those of us in this church that God has placed here as as a part of this body to be able to say about each other. Let's break it down just a little bit. He says, first of all, we cared so much for you. Now, he's talking about how deeply concerned they were. The words here that he uses in the original Greek are somewhat rare. He's coming right off of a passage where he's talked about just like a nursing mother or a nurse cares for a baby, right? I mean, there is a unique tenderness that a mom has for a newborn baby. Paul said, that's the way that we were concerned for you. We cared so deeply for you that you were like our kids, like like a newborn baby. Wouldn't it be beautiful? If our church, if this church were known as a church where we had that same kind of care and compassion for each other. You see, that's the way that God has shown it to us. That's the message of the gospel, right? He said that they came bringing the gospel, but but this idea is that, that he had this biblical fellowship that came out of a heart that cared. They, they weren't just coming bringing a message, which we'll talk about more in a second. They were coming bringing their own lives, bringing care, bringing compassion, bringing love for each other. Now, guys, let's be honest. In a group this size, you're not going to get along with everybody in, a, in the same way you will with everybody else. Now, you shouldn't have outright animosity towards anybody. That's something that you need to work through. But at the same time, there are going to be folks that you click with. There's going to be folks that you're closer to. There's just going to be natural relationships that develop. That's to be expected. However, as a church, as we grow in fellowship for each other, there should be this concern that we have where we just flat out care about each other. We want the best. We want things from the heart. I've got to care about other folks in my church this fam- or church family from the heart. And that's going to involve both sharing our spiritual lives and our personal lives. That's what he goes on to say there in verse 8. We cared so much for you that we were pleased to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also our own lives. Now, he did share the gospel. The gospel is that that life-giving message that Jesus loved us so much that even though we had estranged ourselves from God, we chose to break our relationship with God by doing what we wanted to do instead of what God told us to do. So we were the ones that separated ourselves from God, yet God loved us so much that he would send his own son to die in our place, to take that separation, that alienation, to to bear that on himself, to die and to take that, be buried, and then three days later to rise from the dead, to be restored back to that fullness of fellowship so that we could have reconciliation with God, so that we could have fellowship with God. 
So Jesus took that alienating shame from me and buried it in the ground, paid it all completely, and was restored back to right relationship just like I'm restored right back right to God through his sacrifice. That's what fellowship starts with. It's the gospel. That's the message that Paul and his companions brought to the Thessalonians. They brought the gospel. So one of the things that tells us is that, yes, biblical fellowship is going to involve talking about spiritual things. And I know some of you guys are not super comfortable about talking about your spiritual life because you feel like it's so personal. And it is personal. There are unique ways in which God works in your life that are different than the way that he works in mine. There's ways that you pray that are different than the way that I pray. There's ways you study. There's ways you obey. There are uniquenesses to our relationship that does make it personal. However, God never designed our relationship with Christ to be so personal that it's completely private. Part of knowing each other in community, part of fellowshipping with each other is, is talking about what God's doing, asking questions about, you know, I read this this morning, I have no idea. Being able to say, hey, I'm struggling with this particular thing. Can you pray for me about that? I, I'm worried because I, I read this and, and I look at my life and man, I'm not, I'm not doing what I ought to do here. Could you, could you pray for me about that? And then would you check in with me this week? You see, it involves spiritual sharing, but he said, we loved you so much. We weren't just coming with the gospel as a sales pitch. We weren't coming as some high and mighty guru that was just coming to, to dispense truth. He said, we shared not only the gospel with you, but our own lives as well. You see, church is not just an educational facility. It's not enough for us simply to gather for me to dispense biblical truth to you. It's not a motivational speech. How many of you have ever watched a TED Talk? Okay, you guys seen these? Very popular, really, you know, a lot of them are inspiring, a lot of motivational. How many of you, be honest, know you have watched a TED Talk but could not tell me one thing the speaker said? Okay, right? It was really motivational. It was really encouraging, but I have no idea what they were talking about now. I it just didn't, it was just whatever. That's not what church is to be. It's not my calling. It's not our job as a church to, to come in here and just get you fired up, get you excited and send you out, right? If so, I do a really poor job of that. No, it's, it's our job to not only share truth of the gospel with you, but also to, to share our lives together to weep with those who weep, to rejoice with those who rejoice, to know your kids' names, to know what's going on in their lives, to come alongside each other so that it's more than just about the spiritual thing. Now, here's what's awesome about this. The fellowship that we have because of Christ and, and that unity that we have with other believers. By the way, if you're here this morning and you're not yet a follower of Christ, I'm gonna be talking to you in just a second. But I want you to have a picture of what the fullness of this is. Okay, but if you're if you're here and you're in this this relationship with Christ, here's what's so cool about this: you and I can have fellowship with people that we have no idea what their background is, or our lives are so dramatically different. I, I think about the times I've had the privilege of serving overseas on mission trips, and I get there and I'm around national believers whose lives look absolutely nothing like mine, who may not even speak the same language I do, and we have to speak through an interpreter. And there is a fellowship there, even though our lives are so dramatically different because there's this commonality in Christ. And on those kind of instances, that's fantastic. But those are 10-day trips. This is life, right? We should know each other. We should care about each other. We should know what's going on. And yes, 
that should involve spiritual truth. It's a both and. Both the gospel and our lives. And he says, he kind of loops back around where he says, you said, share not only, please to share with not only the gospel of God, but also our own lives because you had become dear to us. Because you'd become dear to us. Do you talk about your friends at church as if they were dear to you? I mean, some of you don't even talk about your spouse as if they're dear to you anymore. <laughs> You've been a while at this a while, and the rose-tinted glasses got broken a long time ago. But think about how a mom talks about her kids, lights up with pride, or, or you just see that weight that she carries when that child's not walking with the Lord and making bad choices. Think about that, the way that you think about maybe there's family that you're going to see over Thanksgiving that you don't usually get to see. And, and they're just, they're dear to you and you're so excited that you're finally going to get to see them. What if Sunday mornings were that way? Man, I can't wait to get to church because I, I'm going to be around these folks who are so dear to me. Man, I love it. Now, as we get together, we're going to gather to encourage each other. We're going to ask for God to help make that happen. Now, I recognize that that doesn't happen overnight. And as I look around the room, I know there are a number of you who have not been here very long. You've not been here at Christiansburg Baptist for very long. We're glad that you're here. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to give you an opportunity to put this into practice, okay? So here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Now, this is something we have never done before, and we may never do again. So if this is your first time with us, this, this is a one-off kind of thing. Normally what happens is I'll stand up here and I'll take one passage like we've been doing, and I'll go deeper into it, and we'll spend 35, 40 minutes looking at that passage together. But today we're going to do something different and give you a chance to put this into practice. So what I'm going to ask you to do is to get to ready, okay? Be thinking about this. As we're looking, I want you guys to get into groups of two to four people. Now, if you're here as a family, let's say, all right, let's say three to six. If you're here as a family, you're allowed to go as a family. So find one other family or one other couple or, or whatever. I'm not going to make you guys split up unless you want to, all right? And I'm going to give you guys, we're going to put 15 minutes up in the bottom corner of that in just a few minutes. We'll put 15 minutes up in the corner to give you some time to put this into practice. Here's how we're going to do it. As you divide up, you've got a list of questions that will be up on the screen for you. You also have them in your handout. First off, what's your name? Okay. Remember it. Write it down. Don't zone out as soon as somebody says their name so you're not sitting there two minutes later going, oh man, they just told me their name. This is really bad. Write it down. That's why you have paper. If you need to use the envelope in the back of the pew, do it. Second thing, what's one thing you enjoy doing? Now, this doesn't have to be some deep, you know, kind of thing. Number three, who invited you to Christiansburg Baptist? How did you get here? Some of you, you've been here since the beginning, and so you can talk a little bit about that. Some of you have been here only recently, so you can tell how you got here. Then number four, what do you love about Jesus? Or what interests you about him? See, it may be that you're here and, and you're not yet a follower of Christ. And again, I told you, we're, man, we are so glad you're here. So you not, may not be able to say what you love about Jesus, like what's one thing that really stands out yet, 
but there may be something that's interested you about him, and that's why you're here, because you want to find out more about this. So, so what is it that interests you about Jesus? And then number five, how can the others pray for you? How, you know, what's one thing? Now, some of you, you're going to want to go deep on this. That's great. Some of you are, are going to be more private. That's okay. Just to share one way that the others can be praying for you this week. Now, let me talk to a few different groups in the room real quick. First off, if you're a guest, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to make this uncomfortable. If you were hoping to just come in and sneak back out the back, it's not going to be that day. I apologize. But here's what I'm hoping. If you're newer to the church family, my hope and my prayer is that somebody's going to grab you and you're going to start getting to know folks here at the church so that when you come next Sunday, there's somebody that you know that you didn't know before. Okay? I'm hoping that you get a better picture of who this church is. Okay? Now, some of you have been here a while, but you are introverts and you hate talking to people you don't know. To you, I lovingly, with all the grace I can say, say, great day to get out of your comfort zone, okay? God calls us to step out with him into obedience. If you're gonna be fellowshipping with others, there's gonna be times where you've gotta be willing to kind of zoom out a little bit, kind of get out of your comfort zone and be willing to embrace the weirdness of it. That's all right, okay? Now, let me address another group in the room. Some of you are like me and you talk entirely too much. Okay? When you get into a group like this, it's no problem. You love meeting people. You love people tell, telling people what's going on in your life. And so you're more than happy to talk about yourself. If you're like me, back up a little bit and try to listen more. Because see, true fellowship happens as we actually have conversation and interaction. We're going to give you 15 minutes. That's why I want you to do thinking like groups of three or four. Because if you go much bigger than that, you're not going to have time for this. If you, and guys, if you know you're that person, let's be honest, you know if you're that person. I'm that person. I will monopolize the conversation in the group. So go ahead and decide now. I'm going to back up a little bit so I can let others to share. So what we're going to do is we're going to divide up into the groups, 15 minutes on the clock when I tell you, uh, when I tell them to put it up there. And then as you go through, I'm going to check in every few minutes and say, hey, you know, here's, we got five minutes in, so you should be doing this. And then I want one person, as you guys go through everything, I want one person at the end just to pray for the group. Here's what I would encourage you to do as you do this. Get contact information for people if they're comfortable with it, so that you can text them this week, so you can try to get together. I know it's a holiday week, so it's a little harder, or it may be easier for you because you've got Wednesday off or something like that. So, so try to find a way to get together with folks, get some contact information so you can text them and say, hey, I was praying for you about this thing. Write down the prayer requests. Make this interactive so that we're not just gathering together, we're encouraging each other, okay? I told you, some of you are gonna hate me, but this is part of growing in fellowship, growing to know Jesus better as we do it together, all right? And feel free to say, I hate this and I hate that Sean's making us do that. That's fine, I'll take it. I'm... Yes, ma'am. Yeah, I gotcha. All right, so here's the other thing that I encourage you. If you are young and spry and you see somebody who looks like they may have more impaired mobility than you do, okay? Then you go to them, all right? Church family, if I see you sitting with somebody that you've gone to church with for years, I'm going to make you move, all right? If that person's not your spouse, all right? Your spouse or your kids, you get a buy this week. I get it. But all right, everybody ready? Everybody clear on what we're doing? So I'm going to give you 15 minutes. At the end of 15 minutes, I'm going to stand back up. Just a few more things to close us out. So Mark, set, go. Let me just go ahead and say, where do we go from here? 
consider, gather, and encourage, right? You just met some, maybe some new folks or got to know some folks that you'd already known, got to know them a little bit better. Hopefully, you did get some contact information for them. Uh, by the way, just one more plug for the Church Center app. Um, if you are here regularly and you want to be a part of it, um, the Church Center app actually has a, a way for you to sign up for the directory, and you can get your directory information published. By the way, you have the, the full control over what you do publish and what you don't. So if you're one of those that wouldn't rather not have your home address or your home cell or whatever it is, you can leave out whatever you want to, okay? But this would give folks an opportunity to be able to get to know you a little bit better, get in touch with you. By the way, one huge favor you could do for us is when it first opens, it opens up to the Me tab. And if you tap over here and go to your, let's see, where is it? Uh, contact and profile information and click Update Photo right there. You can take you a selfie. You can upload a picture you've already got on your phone. Um, if you can get your picture in there, that will help tremendously because we do have a lot of folks who are newer to our church and they're still trying to figure out who folks are. I'm still trying to figure out who some of the newer folks are. So it's always great to have your picture in there if you can put it in there, all right? So that's just one practical way for us to be able to, to touch, with, touch base with each other. But this week, I know it's Thanksgiving. I know it's a hectic week. But why don't you try to see if there's a way you can get together with somebody? If, and I'd love for it to be in person if possible. If not, at least call, at least text, depending on what generation you're from or what your level of comfort is with technology. Um, by the way, uh, some of you guys are going out to lunch right now. Like you're going to go somewhere. Why not take somebody with you? And let's go ahead and establish Go under the assumption that it's Dutch treat. You know, each person's taking care of their own. Now, don't assume that they're picking up the check if they invite you to lunch. But why not invite another couple to go with you, another family to go with you, somebody else just to come alongside. If you're going to lunch anyway, it's all right. You're going to have to wait anyway. It's already 12.07. The Methodists and the Presbyterians have probably already beat us. So you're going to have to wait. So it's not that much longer for a table of four than it was for two, right? So get together and encourage each other. Holidays are difficult times for a lot of folks. You just made some new friends. Make sure you know they know that you care, right? Now, as we get ready to dismiss this morning, we're not going to do a public invitation like we normally do. I will be around after the service, though, if you want to talk about following Jesus and becoming a part of the family of God in that way. We'd love to talk with you more about that. Um, but I do also want to encourage our members with one other announcement. Tim already mentioned it, but to remind you, we are scheduled to have a community outreach on Saturday, December the 17th. Teresa told me today that less than half of the slots for volunteers are filled. If we do not get more folks volunteering for this, we will have to cancel the event because we don't want to try to do something halfway. We want it to be a good experience for those who attend and for the church. So we need your help. That means you're going to need to put your time uh, where your mouth is, if, that, if we can say it that way, right? So on the way out at the Next Steps table out here in the foyer, there's a, a black table out here next to the water fountain. There's a sign-up sheet on there. You can sign up for one-hour slots to be able to man some of the games or some of the other activities. We need your help. So please sign up today before you go. All right? Sound good? Also, if you had any questions about Operation Christmas Child shoeboxes, those were due back today. Talk to Doug and Roberta if you had any issues with that. Um, but those are due back today. So if they're sitting in your car and you forgot to bring them in, bring it in now. If you did not pack a box, if you're like us and it just got away from you, there is an option for you to go online and through Samaritan's Purse's website to sponsor a box. So it's uh, you can pay online to be able to 
underwrite somebody else purchasing the stuff for a box, okay? So that's an option in case you didn't get a chance to participate in that. Sound good? Well, let's pray and we'll be dismissed. Father, we're grateful for the day. We're grateful for getting out of our comfort zone a little bit, for doing things that are different, but hopefully in the process, getting to know some folks. I thank you for the relationships that were developed already this morning. And I pray that as we go out from here, that we would consider each other throughout the week, that we would find ways to gather, that we'd find ways to encourage, and that together you would grow your church here at Christiansburg Baptist in the way that you see fit. Thank you for the privilege we have of being together. Thank you for the fellowship that we have with you through what Jesus has done. Help us to live in that fellowship with you and reflect that fellowship to others. And it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen.